You're listening to the Big Review Ski on Joe, brought to you by Omniplex Cinemas. See it all with my Omnipass. Bonus feature! You can't see I dabbed. Did you dab? No. I was kind of. I, I, was, I was in. The, I had my this eyes is the sound closed. Sound effect for a dab. You listen. <laughs> Nailed it. I think I got a stitch watching you. Hello, everybody. You're all very welcome to this b- b- bonus feature on the Big Review Ski with Rory Cashin. Hi, y'all. And Owen Doherty. It's great to be here. It's been a while since the two of us have done one together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally it's me solo, but you know that's life. Um, but it is nice to have you here on b- b- board as well. Thank you. Is that the crack? Any word that begins with b-, 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 b? We have to do the the kind of the the stutter on it. Only if I remember b- b- to do it. Oh, that's just every b-, b. No, that's in the middle of a word. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, that's going to get so annoying already. Um, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the b- b- big. I'm gonna. I'm yeah, gonna no, stop. I'm gonna the, stop. The it. whole thing's gonna be. An yeah, don't, don't forget to subscribe to the big review ski. We have our weekly show out. Coincidentally enough, every week, which that. is handy. Uh, but for this particular interview, um, this is a standalone one with Emer Noon, who is. Oh, tell me. Yes, Roy. Who's Emer Noon? It's a. Hold on. Let me get my phone. I'll just do a quick Google here. Oh. But. Oh, it's on flight mode. I can't. I have no idea. Uh. Emer Noon <laughs> is a wonderfully talented uh, musician and conductor. She was a born. Oh, what? Orchestra conductor. Oh, right. She may have worked in the buses. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but she was, uh, she originally hails from Galway. She's now based in LA. And the reason people might recognize her name is because uh, just in the past couple of weeks, it was announced that she is going to be the very first female conductor at the Academy Awards, at the Oscars, which is just an incredible achievement. Now, she's not uh, going to do, uh, as she makes very clear, as she has done in other interviews as well, not the uh, musical director of the entire ceremony, because immediately everyone's like, oh my God, do you get to play everybody off stage when they speak too much? That is not her job. Okay, so what is her job? So her job is, whenever the category comes up for best original score, those five nominees, she's going to be conducting the excerpts from those. So those are Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker by... That's a good one. That's a great one, by John Williams. Then you have 1917, uh, written by Thomas Newman. That's a good one too. Brilliant. And people know Thomas Newman from things like Shawshank Redemption is probably his most famous Mm. one. Um, Then you have Marriage Story, which is Randy Newman. I think they're they're cousins. They're cousins. We do talk about this in the interview. Uh, Then there's Little Woman, which is Alexandra Desplat. He, I think he won last year, I think. Oh, he won for Shape of Water maybe recently as well, possibly. And then the last one is Joker. And it is a lady called Hildur Guarnitutir. Yeah, I Guarnitutir. think she did the music for Chernobyl as well. She sure did. But that's TV and we don't talk about no, it. No, we but don't. She did. We don't. But like, she's very good. They're an unbelievably talented bunch. And this is an amazing opportunity, obviously, for Emer Noon, who has travelled all the way from Kilconnell in County Galway to California in County America. And mm. she has made a name for herself in the gaming world. I know you're a big gamer, Rory. Oh, don't get me started. I won't. Okay. And she's also uh, obviously massive in the movie world as well. Well, yeah. Uh, so we want to wish her the best of luck because the ceremony is coming up on February the 10th. Uh, Sunday, I think the 9th, it'll be the 10th here when it's broadcast live, I guess. Um, but 
uh, if you're listening to this after that, then it's come and gone. And she did a great job. <laughs> well done, <laughs> Emern. <laughs> we were all rooting for you and it worked. But uh, yeah, so myself and herself had a, a great chat about... Uh, her career to date, how this opportunity came about, um, what she's looking forward to at the ceremony and everything as well. Um, but yeah, genuinely fascinating uh, human being. And always that Irish thing of like, as soon as you hear about another Irish person doing well in anything across the world, you're like, oh my God, we did it. Eamor, we Eamor, did it as a collective. Eamor, collective. I played a big part in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, this is my chat uh, with Eamor Noon. Uh Rui wasn't there, but he's here now. I'm, I'm excited to listen. Okay. Here we go. Pay attention. Okay. Here it goes. First of all, Emer, thanks a million for uh, taking the time to speak to the big review ski. Um, I think everybody was probably trying to get a hold of your phone number after the uh, the amazing news uh, broke last week. So congratulations uh, on the Oscars gig. Well, first of all, you totally got me with the big Lebowski quote. So, I mean, that was that that was what? Drew my attention. <laughs> that 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 was it. No, it's a uh, it's a handy one. If you find a, a fellow Big Lebowski fan, then then you're in luck. You know, uh, there's they're they're good people, all right. Um, but like with the with the news about the Oscars, um, how how did something like that kind of come about initially? Is there is it just kind of word of mouth? Your name gets out there, people meet you at one of those kind of fancy Hollywood parties, or is it like is there an audition process, or how how does it work in that end? Well, you're talking to, first of all, the worst Hollywood networker you've ever met. I, <laughs> I went once ever in 15 years living in Los Angeles to a network event, networking event and ended up talking to the doorman for two hours about his mother's bunion. So this that's, is... that's where I am in terms of the, the Hollywood networking. Um, but, um, no, it's really one of those things where you're slogging along for 15 years and then you go from from job to job to job you try to do the best you can and um and you know it's not really a lightning bolt that strikes out of nowhere it's just uh after lots and lots of years of putting in the hours and and the the, uh working with so many colleagues many of whom are on the team in the oscars arrangers and composers and everything and uh, I did a little bit of work with Ricky Minor, who's the music director for the Oscars, only about 11 months ago. But I was introduced to Ricky by Chris Walden, who's a bit of a legend in terms of he's a Grammy-winning music director and arranger and composer himself. Uh, so I had worked with him. And uh, it just, when, it, when this came up, uh, there was a short list of people. And, and really, it was, you know, Ricky went to um, went to, to to the mat for me. You know, so it was it, he's a, a very special human being and a wonderful, wonderful artist. He's also the music director for the Grammys. Um, so it it just really is going from. I mean, when I came to LA, honestly, I knew two people and I couldn't drive. That's how. <laughs> how badly, you know, equipped. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was I knew how to do the work at a you know, just out of college level. Um, and which is which is even for the best courses and the best students or whatever, there's a very big difference between that and uh, you know, get you know, going ten rounds with a, a Hollywood orchestra. Um, 
but I'm really lucky. There's a lot of friends in the orchestra that I've worked with over the years, and uh, it, it's uh, it'll be a joyful experience. So, oh, I, yeah. yeah it's I, really, I mean, it's it's not a, hey, I met someone at a party, or yeah, it's yeah. an unromantic, un-e-Hollywood true story, story, you know? Well, any 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 uh, Hollywood story that starts with I was chatting to the doorman for two hours about his bunions, um, like that's that's that sounds like the most perfect Irish way into any kind of job, anyway. But no, listen, as you said, you know, kind of slogging away and working away and believing in your own work for like the past kind of fifteen years or so, and then for it to like organically get to this point is incredible because it's it's all the way basically from uh is it kilconnell you're from in galway all the way to kill uh to cal i was gonna say to kill california but that's uh that's not the name of the place <laughs> to, to, to cal- yeah close enough is right yeah from from one west to the other west so um no it, it, it's you know kilconnell is an incredibly beautiful but and a very very historic place we have a um the new building is the, the 13th century monastery that's built on the 16th <laughs> right. century. Right, very new, you very know? modern. Very, yeah, that's the new building. But um, you know, when you're so, when you grow up surrounded by history and beauty, you know, and also in my village in Kilconnell, we have very, very famous traditional Irish music composers. So the idea of, of being a composer wasn't exactly fun. And I didn't, and Paddy Fahey is his name, and Paddy was much, he'd rather talk to you about farming any day. Yeah, yeah. He'd never call himself a composer, he made up tunes. So that kind of stuck in my head, when I take away the capital C of composer and all the baggage that goes with it, if I just say, you know what, I just make up stuff, it freed me up creatively to just be who I needed to be. And uh, so I, I definitely, even though I didn't go the trad route, uh, there's definitely always an influence in music that I write uh, of, a, of, you know, the odd twist and turn here. And, and Paddy, of course, was very, very interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, like if you if you grew up in the same place as uh, one of Ireland's greatest ever fiddlers, like you're you're, you know, that's bound to rub off in in some way. And I was listening to some of your your original compositions as well, and you can obviously hear the influence there, uh, with the inflections of the of the Irish and Celtic music as well, which is brilliant to hear, especially in music that is reaching. Uh, a global audience. So thanks for <laughs> thanks for representing on that level as well. Um, oh, you know what? I, I sneak Irish into the choir parts and everything. And everywhere. Phonetically. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> little hidden messages in there for, yeah, for so, my fellow Irish speakers. Yes, so. <laughs> so we can expect that if there's a choir on Oscar night, everyone's going to be singing Pogue Mahone, basically, up on stage. That'll be amazing. <laughs> no, I... I uh, you know what? That that's uh, I I don't get to I don't get to write for them. I'm representing the five uh, original score nominees. Yes, yeah. So I'll be doing my best to represent their ideas. <laughs> well, this is the thing because even like going back to the to the Oscars. Um, so you're going to be obviously conducting the the category for the best original score. So we have like unbelievably John Williams is in there, who I like personally. Obviously, I'm a massive fan of um, Thomas Newman and Randy Newman, Family Affair. Uh, Alexander Desplat as well for his music on Little Woman, and then the unbelievably talented. I'm going to try and attempt her surname, but Hilder. Gwandatir? Um, my Icelandic isn't really up to scratch at the I moment. I think it's Gwandatir. Gwandatir. Uh, well, you're the expert. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I'm, I have to get it right. So I'm going to ask her myself 
because we have our own Saoirse Ronan as well. And, of course. Uh, Saoirse has done so well on teaching people how to say freedom in Irish, you know? Yes, yes, um, yeah. And uh, it, it, it's... You know, it, it's it's such a great celebration. And the scores are great. And I, the only one I think I haven't met before is Hilda, and I'm really excited to meet her. Um, her score is really interesting and cool. And yeah. Course, I mean, you know, God Almighty, John Williams. I know. He's going to be sitting in the audience, and himself a wonderful conductor, you know. So uh, my heroes are there. Tom Newman, good Lord. Randy is, Thomas and Randy are absolute gents. When you, John Williams, uh, when I met him, he was surrounded by composers, and I thought, the poor man, I'm not going to bother him. And uh, fellow composer Neil Acri from uh, from Blizzard said, look, I, I'm, I have to introduce you to him. And he said, this is Emer, she's just after conducting the Dallas Symphony. And the man turned into a 12-year-old excited child, the way I am about music before my eyes, and he said to me, oh my god, where were you performing? Were you in Myerson Hall? I said, yeah, did you like the acoustics? I loved it. What do you think the brass section? Oh, they're brilliant. Do they have the new concert master yet? No, she's starting in September. And it was straight away down into the weeds, the two of us, um, with this, all these composers standing around going, what on earth is happening over there? That's you know, incredible. It, it, it was, they say, don't meet your heroes, but oh my god, that was just straight into the nuts and bolts and the excitement on his face and the the joy and the it was just so so uh, inspiration. Yeah, well, for him to have that kind of, uh, I suppose, enthusiasm, having worked in the movies for geez, decades and decades now, it's brilliant to hear yeah. that he's still got that, as you said, that childlike kind of uh, giddiness when it comes it the music, to the music. Oh, yeah, you can definitely hear it in his music that he's endlessly curious. Yeah, without a doubt. So you mentioned, obviously, Saoirse Ronan's there, and we were discussing it at work. I think it's about her 18th nomination in about four years. She, she's obviously. I, I, Unbelievable! I'd say, I'd say 118. Yeah, we'll put that out there. But like, obviously, um, all of Ireland is uh, rooting for her as we as we always have been each year that she has been nominated. But did you feel a, like for you personally, this is kind of like this has got an unbelievable reaction. Your news in particular, it's like a new, it's something new and exciting to hear that not only is there uh, going to be a female conductor uh, at the Oscars this year, but it's somebody from Ireland as well. Have you noticed? you know after all your your work over the past 15 years that there's a new level uh of kind of interest associated with what you're doing right now it's been unbelievable and completely unexpected but i have to remember i i would always tell people in the states you know if somebody is representing Ireland in the Tiddlywinks Championship, everyone in Ireland would want to know everything about Tiddlywinks and, and, and get into it and support. And it's one of our own. I would always say that to people, but I never imagined it would apply to me. Yeah, and it's that kind of thing. You say it without realizing it until it actually happens. It, it's, been, it's been so unbelievably... Uh, Oh God, overwhelming! You know, it, it's people keep asking me, "Oh, it's live, it's this, it's that, it's the other," but I'm going to be carrying with me all of those people that have reached out and left amazing messages, and everyone I went to school with, and my teachers, and my my friends from college, and you know, every you know, orchestra musicians around the world that I've worked with. I'm going to carry that with me, um, it, and it's, it's strange because it's it it, it takes it's it's 
enabling me to take my own ego and fear and everything out of it because it's not about me anymore. You know, there's all these all these people's wishes and, and everything. It's just so much more important than than what it means for me in terms of career or anything like that. It's become it's become so much bigger to me personally than than a, a performance, you know. Well, it does. It genuinely feels um, like uh, you're obviously not to put any pressure on, but obviously you're up there representing Ireland as well, which is something that everybody's very proud of. Even when I was chatting to people uh, and saying, "Oh, I'm going to be chatting to uh, Emer Noon on on uh, later this week," and they're like, "Oh, that's the lady at the Oscars. That's the lady that's going to the Oscars." So there's there's definitely you know the news is just like circulated everywhere, and I, I reckon this is why your phone isn't working. It's just worn out from all the good good luck messages. Basically, that's it. Well, there's, there's, oh God, it's just been unbelievable. But um, I'm uh, sitting here surrounded, you should see my hotel room's a mess, surrounded by scores for a concert tonight. And um, just trying to get all the work done. I'm scoring a film at the moment as well, a brilliant Irish animated film. And I'm so proud of it. And I'm so proud of the producers. It's Motion Films out of Galway, Mohonan's company. And um, so I'm trying to get all these things done at once. So for me, um, I have to clear my head to, to get into the, the little dots on the page because that's where it all comes from. Um, but, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's just the, it's the goodwill and typical Ireland at the same time. I mean, I when I, when I need a lift, I watch video on YouTube of Katie Taylor doing her lap of honour wearing the tricolour around the, the ring at the Olympics. Amazing. I mean, I guess she, I get totally starstruck by her. I don't really get starstruck in general, but, you know, she's my shero. Um, she, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I get to say I was there when Saoirse got her, in inverted commas, first Oscar first Oscar definitely well that would be an incredible moment alright and uh, yeah are you planning on wearing the tricolour up around you like uh, Katie Taylor style up on the uh, up on the podium <laughs> well let me say I'll be wearing it internally um, but also I will be wearing an Irish designer so amazing it may not be the tricolour but it's a hundred percent pure Irish that's Claire Garvey isn't it it's Claire Garvey, and um, you know, it, I I keep saying to Claire, you know, she, she, it's not because you're an Irish designer; it's because you're the right designer. Um, it's it's not lofty patriotism on my part. It's it's someone of great talent whose work belongs there. So um, I I'll be very proudly wearing wearing Irish and wearing Claire Garvey. Brilliant at, stuff. At, yeah. Speaking of stepping up onto the podium, um, obviously, and you are, you know, there's no better, uh, no person better placed than than you to know this. When you stand in front of a new professional orchestra, some of them have reputations. You know, they're going to test out the conductor, uh, see what you're made of, that kind of thing. How do you, how will you stamp your authority with this kind of this new group of players? Um, whenever you do, you kind of, you know, take to the podium in front of them. Well, I make sure I'm very, very well prepared and I make sure I know the music inside out. Then I just go in with a huge amount of love and respect because these are people uh, who feed their families from music, which is something you can't touch and you can't catch in your hand. And they're people who have been through 
over the hard calls again and again and again and again and again, be it through audition processes, be it through just surviving their own sense of standard and their own, you know, we're very hard on ourselves, musicians are. We're very, very hard on ourselves mentally. So I go in thinking, these are family members of mine that I don't know yet. And we all we all live this musical life. We know the trials and tribulations of the career. We know the difficulty of live performance, all of that. So I think I think that shines through because I first the first sign of respect is going in with the work done, and um, and after that it's it's just uh, treat, treating my my fellow musicians with the all the love and and endearment that they deserve. So. Uh, after that, if somebody's having a bad day, they're having a bad day. That happens to, to everyone. And, uh, you know, I try to be empathic. And, you know, some people need to be won over. Some people are skeptical. It's, it's normal. I think anyone in any sort of leadership role will experience the same things. Um, and you're dealing with some of the most sensitive people in the world. And you can feel the energy in the room, you can feel a change for the better and the worse. Yeah. And I always try to be up um, and show everyone that, that I just come from a place of, of love and respect. Um, but yeah, they will always try out a new conductor for sure. And, and rightly so, we yeah. deserve it. <laughs> yeah, well, try out is one way of describing it, all right. Yeah, no, they certainly like to put them through their paces. No, as a, I, I'm sure, no doubt that you'll absolutely win them over. Speaking of the Oscars, and once the hard work is done and the scores, the five scores are are finished, um, if I know you're not really a fan of the networking and the Hollywood parties, but if John Williams comes up to you and says, listen, we're all going to an after party, are you looking forward to kind of letting your hair down after the actual event? Oh, look, at, mentally, I haven't even gotten to that moment yet, but I think we're all going to the Governor's Ball first. And uh, there may be a few things after that. But uh, I think at the Governor's Ball, everybody has that drink where they, you know, lick the ski. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just let all the, the pressure because, you know, it, it, it is, um, it, it's an incredible honor, I mean, to, to do it. And I, I will be forever grateful to the beautiful soul that is Ricky Minor and the two amazing women who are producing it, Stephanie Elaine and uh, Lizette Howell-Taylor. And they, those women have, you know, have created amazing pieces of work in their life. I mean, and Stephanie Elaine, the rumor is, put up her mortgage to, to get, get financing for Boys in the Hood. You know, this is yeah. the kind of women we're, we're talking about. So I'm, I'm looking forward to... I'm looking forward to the work, and I'm looking forward to the rehearsals, I'm looking forward to being in the studio, I'm looking forward to meeting those powerful, brilliant women, and, um, oh, John Williams, I oh. mean, all my heroes. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. John is going to be there, oh my God. Would... Um, ru- rumored every crew I tour with, the rumor is the best person to work work for and work with by the most hardcore road rats yeah, business, yeah. Elton John. All the, the big roadies just love him to pieces. Oh, amazing! Um, That'll be unbelievable. So I'm excited to tell him that, that that's the that's the rumor amongst the the touring crews. Um, yeah, of course, because he has a he has a song from Rocket Man in there as well. So that'll be brilliant to get chatting oh, to him. Yeah, and Bernie Taupin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so so that's cool. Idina Mazel is there as well. So she's an incredible artist. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting them all. And Randy Newman is an absolute gent, a pure dote. And I think I think he can hear that kind of heart in his work. Definitely. And of course, his first cousin Thomas has been nominated a gajillion times. Yeah. It's become a joke. <laughs> so I I get to attend the music nominees party every year because I'm a member of the society. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so I've done that a, a few times and it's everybody laughs as soon as Thomas gets up on the on the podium when he, when his nomination is announced because he's laughing. It's, uh, it's the, obli- the obligatory so Thomas times. Newman, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, well, here I am again. Here Hello, we go. Everyone. <laughs> um, and uh, it's and Alexander Desplat is just the orchestras all love him he's such he brings he brings such a high level of performance to his, his not just composition but in the recordings of his score such a high level of performance and and detail and nuance and and Hilda of course sounds like nobody else which yeah is what makes her so so cool yeah well her work um, on Chernobyl as well was unbelievable um yes. and got a lot of love as well yeah yes um, with the obviously like this is a history making uh, kind of year. Obviously, with yourself uh, taken to the stage with the orchestra, would the goal and of course like Ricky Minor has obviously done brilliant work in his first year at the Oscars last year, and I can't wait to see what he does this year. Would you ever have like an ultimate goal of like God, I'd love to be musical director of the Oscars someday? Oh God, I don't know. You know what? I just my thing is I go with the flow and I trust that the right things for me appear at the right time when I'm ready for them. That's how I feel about everything because when I look back on on things so far, it seems to be the way if I just if I just trust and, and keep going, putting in the work and, and, and keep going, having a, a good attitude about things, um, the right things appear at the right time. Um, Ricky has an amazing team and I'm, I'm so privileged in both Dublin and LA to be surrounded by such a high caliber of musician and it makes your expectations very high. You can't unhear certain standards and uh, I've been very, very lucky and uh, I'm looking forward to recording in Dublin a couple of days after we get the Oscars (laughs) with some of our own brilliant, brilliant orchestral artists. And I, w- I want to, you know, I want to refer to them always as that because I think sometimes people forget that every single one of those those players on the stage are a unique artist in their own right, and every orchestra sounds different. Um, you'll, you'll hear, for instance, in, in the Oscars orchestra, the, the sparkle and glitter and Hollywood touch that, that we think of in terms of the Oscars music, I attribute to harpist called Gail Levant who is a legend who's played the Oscars for a, a long time went toured with um, uh, the toured with the amazing Barbara Streisand for, for a long time and you know those musicians give that, that shine and that sparkle and that, that Hollywood sound it's a particular sound and then uh, I come back to, to Dublin and, and look forward to the amazing artists that we have in Ireland and recording them and uh, 
different sound, different experience, and I love it all. Yeah, no, it's unbelievably exciting. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm aware you have a, a concert coming up this evening, so I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So I'm going to rattle through a couple of like just little quick fire questions, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah, so um, obviously having worked in the gaming and the movies uh, world for, for a number of years, have you a particular favourite uh, film score um, of, that's something that you saw growing up that, that just still kind of uh, gets you today whenever you hear it? Okay, so I'm going to, I have so many. I know, yeah, there's never a right answer. I'm going to mention one that isn't one of the nominees and things like that. And because it was very... No, it was something that I noticed in particular as a child because of the combination of traditional instruments from different ethnicities and the orchestra. And that was the score for Willow. Oh, yeah. By James yeah. Horner. And that I got to conduct some of it live at a brilliant film music festival called Film Cité in, uh, in Tenerife. Uh, amazing holiday for any, any film fans and music fans. Okay. I'll book my flight. Um, I'm I'm gonna going going to do a concert there this coming September again, um, but uh, it it just it was so evocative and rich and thematic and and it moved me so much and I could hear all these different different like there's some Asian flutes in there there's some Irish instruments in there and I thought oh my God what you're allowed to mix these two and I was only a child at yeah. the time and I I also remember. Uh, someone who later became a good friend. Uh, I remember being at home one Christmas watching The Matrix, the first one, and going, oh my God, the score sounds so different, it sounds so, so different, and waiting for the credits. I think I was in secondary school at the time, and I saw Don Davis's name. Uh, later on, when I met Don Davis first, for a month, we uh, conversed only through the medium of limericks for every day for about a month. <laughs> Unbelievable, keeping you on your toes. Exactly, exactly. But it, 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 there's cer- certain scores like that. Of course, all the John Williams that we grew up with, the, the Superman, the Star Wars. The, um, you know, I, I've seen him conduct live a bunch of times and was so endeared to see uh, the Hollywood Bowl, him, him conducting some Star Wars. And he turned around to take his bow at the end of the piece. And you could see him on the Jumbotron. He just spotted that all of the audience that had been conducting along with lightsabers at the back of the Hollywood Bowl. And he caught, you could see him see them and just laugh and just, you know, put his hands to his face in amazement and mortification. Amazing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, You mentioned, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, it was just and I'm going on and on. No, no, it's it's fascinating. Listen to it because it's it's a world that everybody kind of knows in a way because they know the names and they know the music. But the fact that you're actually up close and personal with these people is 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 amazing. No, it's just whenever you mentioned James Horner there for Willow, um, I must go back and listen to that soundtrack again because James Horner always. He's notorious for uh, putting like his little signature into loads of his scores, um, like his little motif, which is the ba da da da, like in all of them. Uh, so you kind of yeah. know it's it's a James Horner score. Do you ever? Well, I know you do sneak in your Irish words every so often, but um, are there particular things that you like to to kind of put into the music, like a signature of sorts as well? Yeah, and you know what? It, it, it's it, it's the 
you know the kind of we call them grace notes. Yeah. The little, the little inflection, the little, the little tiny little note before a note. That's very much uh, of traditional Irish music, but also the the Irish lament gets into your blood. No matter what I do, I can never ex- escape it. And when I have a, you know, a sort of a sad melody, it always sounds in some way Irish to me. Um, it comes out and rhythmically things that, that are that are rhythmic. I just. I just love, uh, you know, the, the the jig, the slip jig, and then we extend that into to, to other things. Uh, I I love the slip jig because I always imagine it's 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 three three beats of th- three threes. I always imagine somebody kind of tripping at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully there's no. Yeah, hopefully there's yeah. no tripping on Oscar night whenever you're uh, conducting anyway. But uh, are there any, um, partic- obviously loads of artists, uh, musicians who wouldn't traditionally have uh, an orchestral background, but they like to do uh, orchestral uh, arrangements of their songs. Are there any particular Irish artists from other backgrounds that you would love to, to work with uh, in that kind of orchestral sense as well? Oh yeah, Hosier, 100%. I would love to work with Hosier. Uh, I just, I remember being out in L.A. and I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know we both went to Trinity Music. I, 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 we ended, I'd forgotten that he was in the choir when we recorded the Diablo 3 score with Anuna. Um, and I'm, I'm out in L.A. driving and I hear this song, Take Me to Church. I'm like, finally, someone who can write lyrics. Oh, my God, I've been missing this forever this is such an original piece of work I love it so much I have no clue that A he was Irish and B had already met him um, I just think he's a fascinating artist and uh, I'd love to do some orchestral arrangements with his with, with him um, and in terms of traditional artists I still have to go and do something with Paddy Fahey's tunes properly because they're so interesting and they're, they're they stand out they're unique um, th- those are two that, that really come to mind. Uh, yeah, and, they're two uh, two super super musicians there. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, genre is it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know? I mean, it means something in terms of I I need to get into that world if I'm doing a if I'm working with a rock band or I'm working with an R and B artist or whatever I'm getting into that world. But I think a fascinating artist is a fascinating artist. If it's not Fatty Fatih Ali Khan or if it's you know. Nora Jones, or if it's whoever it is, um, Metallica, who I love, um, <laughs> or or someone like uh, Trent Reznor, who I absolutely love, who scored um, Social Network. Social Network, yeah. Ago. I've been a fan of Nine Inch Nails forever and a half. Um, so for me, genre is is nothing. I'm all about the individual creative. Well, that's. Um, yeah, no, that's that's amazing, and kind of similarly, obviously, World of Warcraft and working with Blizzard is is a huge part of your career as well. Would there also be another particular game series that you'd you'd have kind of aspirations to work on as well? Well, we th- there are loads, lots, and you know what, I'm not going to say because <laughs> most of them already have amazing, wonderful composers. But there there is a another game that I've had a long relationship with. Uh, and I and I I took to the stage with their composer once, which is Koji Kondo, and that's the Legend of Zelda series. Um, that's a very special, very very special uh, um, uh, video game series for me. And 
I just, uh, I've had such, it keeps coming back into my life and back into my life. I worked with Nintendo for the 25th anniversary celebrations of The Legend of Zelda. And we did things that were just mad. Like we we did some of the first ever um, 3D footage of an orchestra recording and performing. And it was for people to download onto their 3DS, an orchestra. It, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Their own personal personal orchestra in a pocket, basically. Exactly, exactly. Now, I've never seen it in 3D because I absolutely never want to see myself in 3D. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it, that, that series just came back and back and back. And I toured with, with uh, Condesan's music for two years into the Sydney Opera House and Manhattan Square Garden and all this crazy stuff. Um, but... Uh, there's lots of great music out there. There's lots of amazing composers doing both film and video games. One to watch is my dear, dear friend, Pinar Toprak, who just did um, uh, Captain Marvel, and she did some of the Fortnite music. Um, she's a, a dear friend and a favorite of mine. Uh, but there's, there's lots of IPs in particular. I love action. Uh, I'm loving scoring this animated feature. It's it's really, really fun. Well, is, is, is this the one, because I saw you tweeting it, is this the one that has the best fart jokes ever? The best fart jokes ever. And I have two little boys, so I know things. You know you know farts anyway, so you do, 100%. <laughs> Um, yeah, because that's that's high praise for... <laughs> if, if I see that on the poster, then I'm going to say it, definitely. <laughs> it's, it's worth seeing. It's so cute and endearing. The characters are so lovable. And it puts me in good form when I'm working on it. Uh, and our, our one-year-old uh, shouts until I put his headphones on so he can watch the film every day. But he does have a little bit of temp love because, you know, we... To edit the film, they put on a temporary score. Yeah, and he's seen it so many times that I'm worried that he's not going to like our music. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's just because that happens, doesn't it? Whenever directors fall in love with directors or one-year-olds fall in love with the temp music, and then they don't want to replace it afterwards. A exactly, exactly. It's a danger for every composer, and and poor Thomas Newman constantly gets. He'll talk. He's talked about in interviews, and and you know, to composers, that, that he constantly gets a movie that's tempt with him. And he has to oh, really? And he has to write new yeah. versions of his own music. <laughs> yeah, it's like, can we have the Shawshank Redemption only slightly different? Gotcha. Um, but uh, no, it, it's uh, it's really fun to do. It's a really high quality film. I'm so proud that it's an Irish producer. Mo Honan is an absolutely amazing for force of nature. Um, and, you know, it's it's fully orchestral. It's going to record in Dublin. Um, and my, my husband uh, is an Emmy Award winner, Emmy-nominated composer, Craig Stuart-Garfinkel. And my brother, Eamon Noon, is working on it with us. He worked with us on World of Warcraft as well. Oh, brilliant. So, um, so it's our, we have our little team, our little cottage industry going in Dublin and Kilconnell and Doha. No, that's <laughs> no, that's the gold, the golden triangle, definitely. No, that's that's incredible. So, what what did you say the name of the the, the film is? This film is called Oops Two: The Adventure Continues. Okay, good stuff. And do we know when we can? We might be able to see it whenever it's out. 
Um, I don't know the release date yet. Well, sure, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep an eye out. I'm sure I've been told. However, all I care about is the recording date. Of course. <laughs> the deadline that yep. applies to me. I'm such a need-to-know person. It, it, it's, it's not even funny. Um, but uh, it, it's really worth seeing. Um, it's a sequel to... Um, you, you can view the, the original on Netflix. So we're working on the sequel. Um, it's a wonderful score on the on the first one as well. Um, so yeah, I keeping it Irish and uh, definitely quality. Yeah. No, we'll keep a good eye out for that. Okay, listen, we're we're going to love you and leave you. Have you got some supporters coming along to the to the Oscars for you? Did you manage to bag a couple of plus ones or twos or whatever? I'm not looking for tickets. Uh, well, I am, but well, I'm not. But I am. Well, but my I'm not. husband is coming with me. Okay. And, uh, I suppose that's understandable. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's great. He's at the moment up to his eyes on scoring the, the movie, and we're we're trying to hit all the deadlines. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're going to we're going to do that together, and that's my my plus one. If I could get the mammy in, that would be a great. Career. Oh sure, listen, so, yeah. So Mama's coming with me, and the boys are coming over with us. Oh, that so. that'd be super, and and then you'll all have. Hopefully, you get your hands on an Oscars goodie bag afterwards as well. I don't know what what I really want is I want the jacket that all the orchestra members get. Oh, do they get and one? A special jacket? They have a special jacket. They do all the, the the players in the orchestra. So that's that's what I have my 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 eye on. One of those. So I'm, I'm going to nag someone. <laughs> I think like I think you're more than entitled to get your own uh, jacket, seeing as you are literally the first female to be conducting at the Oscars. So I think well, somebody well, can make makes, that happen. That makes me one of the gang, then you see. So I want to be one of the gang in in that particular that particular group of musicians is absolutely stunning. They're just outrageous, and I, I have had the pleasure of working with most of them on on different projects here and there. So. I want to be a fully fledged gang member. <laughs> Definitely. What's your and listen? If she can just nick one on the night, then no one cares about like French horn number five or six. So you can just take one of theirs or something. Oh, I care deeply about them. Okay. Oh, you care but, deeply about them all, of and course. It could be a massive, massive fight. Okay. One of those well, we we don't actually. I might tune into the Oscars just to see if there's a fight live on stage. I I severely <laughs> I severely doubt it though. I doubt it though. They don't wear the jackets on stage. No, no. It's cooler than that. It's a private for the rehearsals and and for for life. It's a, the badge of honor. We 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 don't we don't wear them on stage. Gotcha. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's that. That's what I'm looking out for, and um, uh, and and to meet Sersha. That's that's what my my focus. Will those be. those are the goals, and uh, no, well, listen, I'm sure Sersha and Hozier and everyone will be lining up to uh, to chat to you and work to you, uh, work with you again in the future. And we'd love to the next time you're back in Dublin, whenever that might be, we'd love you to call into the Bigger Viewski Studio and uh, and say hello as well if you get a chance. I'd love that, Owen. Yeah, I'd really like that. No, that's super, Emer. Listen, uh, congratulations again. The very, very, very best of luck in getting the jacket and the Oscars thing as well. That was handy. But uh, yeah, no, listen, <laughs> have, have a ball on the night and then enjoy the party with John Williams afterwards. Oh, my God. Thanks a lot, Owen. We'll no bother. No bother. See you bye. later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. And the Oscar for... 
the greatest interview ever oh, goes wow. to drum roll. Goes to drum roll. Goes to wait drum roll. They, were, they weren't eligible for this category. <laughs> <laughs> it goes to Emer Noon. Oh, I thought you were going to give it to yourself. No, that's your job. You, you pass it over to me now. The award. Oh. No. Give me the, okay. Did you enjoy that? I did. Very insightful. She's a very interesting lady, and congratulations to her on the, like, to be the first female, like, it does seem a bit like a 2020 really took you this long, but also good for her and it being Ireland, and as we said earlier, a collective uh, appreciation from the entire country. Um, yeah. I what hope. were your what were your favorite seventeen moments from that interview? Will I will I start at my favorite and work my way down? Yes, or seventeenth most. No, favorite. go go from number one. Number one, I'd have to say is that I'm going to stop you there. Don't don't. No, it's okay. Go. Well, I'd have to say that you know she like us just always wants to hang out with Saoirse Ronan because she seems cool. It's a fair point. So obviously we'll be rooting for Saoirse at the Oscars and Emer as well. And uh, and yeah, potentially that collaboration if we can make that happen between her and Hozier as like the ultimate uh, kind of Irish artist that she would love to work with, you know, whenever they adapt their songs into like orchestral versions. Mm. So that would be very, very, very cool. Um, Yeah, so thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And uh, yeah, as we said, don't forget to tune in to The Big Review Ski every week. We have all the big name interviews there as well. Emer Noon and Margot Robbie, who you might also be aware with as well. Yeah. Uh, She's going to be up there this week uh, for Birds of Prey out in cinemas now. And uh, yeah, anything else you want to say to anybody or... Just, just thank you. Just thank, you thank you, just Owen, for a good interview. That's that's all Listen, I want to say. You're welcome. First time for everything. There, 2020. Off okay. to a great start. Are we still doing the, the B thing? Yeah. Bye. Goodbye. That's a G. <laughs> you're listening to the Big Review Ski on Joe, brought to you by Omniplex Cinemas. See it all with my Omnipass. Pass.